This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? We're back, Post-America Podcast. You thought we were dead, but we're back. Today, I got my man, Dom from A389 Records, Integrity, Slumlords, Pulling Teeth, many more. What's up, Dom? Hey, Rich, how's it going? That's all right, it's all right. We got a snow day, right? Oh, my God, it's awesome, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but it's like too many now. And the first couple, I was all right about it, but now it's like, oh. We, We don't get a lot. In, in Maryland, this is this is the second one we've had this year, and I think last year, last few years we haven't had any. So I, I kind of just take it for you know what it is. It's kind of awesome. I went outside and tried to shovel, and it's all ice, dude. I just like shoveled for like two minutes. I'm like, yo, this is gonna melt anyway. I'm just going back inside. <laughs> like, forget it, forget about it, you know. And what are you in Baltimore? Yeah, just outside, out in the county. You like Baltimore? Uh, yeah, you know it's it's home. I, I, at this point in my life, I've been in Baltimore more than I have been in in Toronto, in Canada, like surrounding areas. So it's definitely become a thing where it's like your old home's not your home anymore, and like your new home's kind of not where you're from. But it's it it becomes home. You know, it's it's cool. I like it. Have you ever been to Gia's Italian restaurant in Baltimore? Oh my god, where is that? It's in the little Italy. It's like a really like uh like a flamboyant looking corner uh restaurant it's got all you know stuff all different colors hanging up it's got like a little balcony on the street i want to say i have it's been so long since i've been a little italy for anything i don't really go into the city that often these days but uh i used to go uh there's a dad there was a michi's was there and they had like a is the Vicaro's the pastry shop still there i think it might be across the street if i'm thinking of the same place i think yeah i think that's the one yeah oh yeah dude all that stuff's awesome but i don't know i don't know if you're like me like i grew up eating pasta and italian food every day for like 20 years for every meal it was like here have another bowl of pasta here (laughs) i'm just like way over it i'm like i get i get the craving once in a while but it's it's few and far between you know well you know what i had i had a filet mignon there i just said i said fuck i said you know fuck it you know like that was their special that day and it was top notch like i was very surprised how good it was and then the owner was the old lady she came and she sat with us and she was just telling us ghost stories and how Edgar Allan Poe goes down the street and uh you could hear his voice and she was pretty crazy and their spirits in the building. So There's a know. lot of a uh, a lot of that folklore in that in that part of the city, like in uh Italy and Fells Point and that they have, they do a lot of ghost tour stuff in the fall and a lot of the, the buildings in Fells Point, like around the Sound Garden or suppose there's some certain like bars and pubs down there that are supposedly haunted. Yeah, and, it was you know, real cool, real cool spot. I liked it. Yeah, that's that's cool. I remember uh, you hit me up when you were in town. It's a shame I couldn't meet up. I wouldn't have had the filet mignon, but uh, it would have been it would have been a cool to see you and eat down do there. It's been you a minute. Do not eat meat. Ah, uh, no, no, sir. <laughs> For how long? Off and on, well over twenty years at this point. Oh, like, nice. I mean, there's okay. been little phases where, like, you know, it's just like anything else in life. You're like, hey, you know, am I into this? And I'll I'll try meat. Like, I remember one time, like, you know. When, when my kids were real young, I was like, wasn't trying to have like, you know, three different meals going at all times, you know, and they weren't interested. So I'm like, you know what? I'll try eating meat, make it simple for everybody. But like, it didn't last long, dude. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> I went just back to what I'm doing. I just, I was making, like it. It, nah, I make my own meals. And uh, now that, you know, 
now that I'm cooking for them most of the time and they're with me a lot of the time, it's just, you know, I just, I figured workarounds where I just get them to eat what I eat instead, instead of meeting with they Now the tables have turned <laughs> and it's yeah. like, uh, you know, I got them eating more vegetables and more just, you know, like meat substitute stuff and just mainly vegetables. Vegetables is like the, the key. If you well, eat a bunch of meat okay. substitute, you're really not doing yourself any favors. You're just, yeah, I heard, I heard that's not too good. They're nah. good, good for you. Like healthy. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, once well, in a while, all things that are tasty, it's probably as tasty though, right? The taste, dude, stuff. it is. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, I don't hate people. I, I don't have a problem with people eating me. I don't care. But just for me, it's just not something I'm into. But I, I appreciate, you know, if the food's good, the food's good. If you know, yeah, they got yeah it, was, it was good. It was a top notch place. A good friend of mine was uh, vegan for like a long time and he went to the doctor. He wasn't feeling right. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, you have to start eating meat right away because you're, you're growing a vagina. So he had. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Nah, that, nah, that was good, okay. No, I mean, you know, there is like certain things that come with it where if you got a protein deficiency or an iron deficiency. But again, I think that comes with people that are going to be like, yo, I'm going to eat nothing but Boca burgers. I yeah. every meal every day. French fries. You know what I mean? You just, yeah, try to there, just there's the healthy that. ones and then there's the, the ones that are just, you know, ethical, I guess. And they don't really care about health. You know, so yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, God bless them. But at the end of the day, it's like it's kind of like anything else. If, if you could source where the food comes from, you know, like an avocado, you know where an avocado comes from. It didn't come out of a factory, you know, of course, minus the genetic mods. But I mean, like in general, you know what I mean? Like spinach or your, any vegetable, anything, anything that you, you could trace as an actual thing, not a man made yeah thing you know what i mean it's, it's kind of a good rule of thumb that i try to follow and it, it's worked it worked out okay you know i feel all right i usually feel pretty good good no. but what is up with the avocado that's like a new fucking big deal like, well for a few <laughs> years now like years ago nobody was eating an avocado right like you know what it's funny that you mentioned that because i definitely uh i'm so used to be eating them all the time that i've never thought about that but yeah you know what it's true it's like, like came it came in uh into yeah, being cool. It's, I don't know where it slipped on, you know, over the it's radar. Like, it's like <laughs> Satanism and hardcore. All of a sudden, it was like a, a popular thing. Then, yeah. then you know, it comes and goes. But I remember sushi when sushi was first all of a sudden popular. Yeah, you know, and every like every hipster was eating sushi, and then Maybe. my dumbass started eating it too, and said, "Oh, this is pretty good." But avocado, I, I'll eat it if it's on something, but I don't really ask for it because. I don't know. I, it's the texture that bothers me a little bit. It's good, weird, you know? It's, uh, you know, it's, it, I like it. I like it with stuff, but I also like it by itself. It's something that's. I do like guacamole. I love guacamole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, awesome. That's, you know what I mean? That shit's good, yeah. But, uh, well, I'm glad uh, to hear you're a healthy guy and you're doing the right thing. And, and then you said you were originally from Toronto. Just outside of Toronto, yeah. It's a, a suburb called uh, Malton, which is a part of Mississauga, which is pretty much like walking distance from the airport so if you were to fly into toronto you could probably walk to my mom's house in like 10 minutes it was like uh i don't think you were with uh mushmouth mushmouth used to stay at uh at my mom's house back in the 90s and it was uh it was probably i think before you were playing with them mm. and uh yeah it's like literally a stone throw it was like 30 minutes from the city but like you know 10 minutes from the airport it's a cool like, city toronto i like that place it's all you know it's like i had mentioned earlier like there's that neil diamond song about like you know New York's home, but it's not my home anymore. And it's like, when I go back, it's just, it's changed so much that, you know, the Toronto I know is like long, you know, you usually hear people say that, that shit about New York and it's just not the same place, you know? And when I go back to Toronto, it's just, it's just not the same place. It's just like that for anybody, you know what I mean? But, uh, 20 now, years. Now it's like a goofy, a goofy Drake city. That what embarrassment, right? You have <laughs> Drake yeah, representing the city. Oh boy. A fucking joke. I can't yeah, stand need, that guy. 
Meister Fresh West should be up in that shit, man. That's like, right. I don't even know, you know who that is, but I'll take him over Drake. <laughs> Look it up. You might be impressed. You'll let your backbone slide. Well, you know what? The last interview I did, I think it was the last one, was with Patrick Reaper from Reaper Records, right? Oh, dude, he's the best. So here we got a guy from Germany, comes over to the U.S., starts a, a, a label promoting our fucking music in our own country. It blows up. <laughs> now we got your ass, another foreigner coming in here, starting 8389 records. And taking then, your bands, your women, your jobs, uh, your avocados. I'm taking everything, dude. So what was it? What was it in Toronto that got you into, into this kind of music? You know what it was? It's kind of funny. It was, uh, you know, I was always into everything. You know, I grew up with an FM radio pretty much and records since the earliest thing I could remember. You know what I mean? My mom had Elvis and Beatles records. That probably makes me sound ancient, but you know, <laughs> it was like, you know, a lot of old Italian records like Celentano or Claudio Villa and stuff. And just, oh. you know, cool. I was always surrounded by cool music when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, grew up with, uh, in Canada, it's that MTV, we had much music. So we had like, uh, and shows like Toronto rocks or city limits. So, you know, I'd be exposed to Van Halen and kiss and twisted sister. And then, you know, later that would become just like, you know, you fucking morph into Metallica and Megadeth. And before you know it, you know, you're just fucking, you know, you're just all about just reading those thanks lists and trying to find out what's this band about? What's this band about? It was pre-internet. So it was always like the, the thrill of like, you know, you go into the city and you're in a record store and you're like, oh shit, you know, I saw that, heard about that band. I'm going to totally check this out. And you hope it's not a dud, right? But uh, with hardcore specifically, I remember uh, it was a Madball show. It was Madball played with, uh, it was on the Set It Off tour and they played like a free show on a Monday. And uh, oh, that's awesome. My friend Fawad at the time, who was the singer of Day and Morning, one of my old band back in Toronto, was uh, he's like, yo, we should check this this band out. You know, they're like, uh, it's dudes from Agnostic Front. And, you know, it's, I ain't going to front, pun intended there. See what I did. But uh, I like that. It's, uh, I, I was like, you know what? I don't know what that is, but sure, let's go check it out. And like, dude, just seeing a band like that, you know, I followed Madball for most of their career. And to me, you know, there's a certain era that like I hold near and dear that I like a lot. The other stuff is cool, but it's just, you know, just there's a certain era that's like real special to me. And it's definitely like that set it off demonstrating this, everything from the seven inch to demonstrating my style is like what I like the best. Yeah. I guess the original kind of first and second wave of the band, but like mm -hmm. just seeing a band that had such short songs that were just like, so like just hard hitting and like that shit was awesome. You know what I mean? That was like a total, like, and a great front man, too, for live. Oh, like yeah. That. Dude, and even back then, you know what I mean? When he was, like, pretty young dude, right? These dudes were, like, dudes that were just a little bit older than me. Yeah. And, like, uh, seeing them play was just, like, fucking, like, a total fucking mindfuck. I was like, Jesus. And, like, these were dudes that were, like, after the show were just, like, they just got off the stage and were, like, in the crowd. It wasn't, like, you know, <laughs> what I was used to where it's, like. That's awesome. But, you know, and that opened the, the, the wave of, like, stuff like the Roadrunner, like, the bio, your biohazard and machine head and like fear factory that wave life, life agony and typo and you know and then that kind of paved way to the victory bands where you got into, into all that stuff and i liked like you know coming from metal like it was the i like the intensity of the stuff like madball and like the directness the energy was awesome but i was always like a metal dude so when i discovered the victory stuff and it was more like your dead guy and your integrity and your bloodlet that's like when i kind of found where my sweet spot you know i was like this mm -hmm. all out war even like marauder and like that was the kind of shit I liked. And it was definitely, it was just cool. You know, I love all of it still. So it was definitely like a lot of fond, fond memories. I'll tell you what's funny. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but something that cracks me up is a uh, dude at that Madball show. 
not knowing anything about the history or the lineage or anything about them, right? Just like totally going in there, fucking totally blindsided and being like not knowing anything. And this is when they had stigma in the band. Mm-hmm. He was obviously a lot older than dudes at the time. And, uh, you know, he had his little mustache and he just, he looked like it was like their uncle was in the band. Right. And like <laughs> people would just yell his name and dude would take his guitar off and like not in the middle of songs and shit. Right. And like, I had no idea. What, imagine like making that be in your first impression. Right? You're like, what the fuck is going on? You know, this, it was like crazy. It was like vaudeville. <laughs> and like, but it was yeah. like, it was cool. It was definitely like, uh, it's awesome, man. That shows on YouTube. It's cool. Sometimes I'll pull it up and I'll just kind of like remember, uh, it was, it was pretty fun. That is a great way to get into it. When I ask people that question, seems a lot of people more our age, you know, that's, that's one of the key bands, Madball, you know, to set it off, especially, you know what I mean? It was just such a, so yeah. many people, no one's ever, dude, in fact, they've never been able to, because I've seen them like a lot of times since then. And they've never had a drummer that can play it as good as Will Shepler. I think Will Shepler was like the best drummer they ever had. No diss to the other dudes. They're all good drummers, but I just mean like no one plays set it off. The closest dude was Mackie that I've seen when Mackie was playing with them that like, Maybe because he wrote it with them, you know? Okay, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But it's, yeah. uh, Will Shepard, beast, though. I love his drum style. One of my favorites. He's the One just, Voice it, album, him on the One Voice album. Oh, yeah. Hey, dude, he's amazing. He's so underrated. I'm so glad he's doing music again. He's just like, you know. Yeah. And it's like total fanboy talk. It's not like I, I know the dude. I just like always loved his drumming. You know what I mean? I always just thought he was a great drummer. Yeah. Yeah. I hold him in high regard as one of the key drummers and especially for the style I like. Yo, did you Same. play guitar back then or no? Did I played guitar ever since I was like twelve years old? So oh, no wonder you're such a shredder. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, just uh, something I was like doing. You know, something I I never liked sports, so I learned how to play an instrument at a young age, so I had something to do to keep me out of trouble. That that's cool, man. Yeah. And uh, when I met you, did I meet you for the first time when you went on tour with us in Europe with Mushmouth? No, I think what happened was, uh, I mean, I was always like friends with those dudes with Mahmood and Hensel and, uh, they had like Hans in the band and Phil, it was yeah, like, yeah. like 97 demo era Mushmouth. Yeah. Like those them dudes would stay at my house anytime they, they, you know, I, I got, I got them to come up and play and they stayed at my house, my mom's house. Sorry. And, uh, you know, I was always real friendly with those fucking dudes and Mahmood was always really cool. He would send me like three or five jerseys and shit like in the mail. Cause like, Oh, nice. In Canada, that shit was just total folklore. There was no internet. You know, yeah. it was literally just like word of mouth or zines or you had the, at, at, at the most advanced, you had the East Coast Hardcore website. Remember that shit? That, oh, that yeah. guy did that. It was uh, awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was such a cool time. And uh, I remember meeting you for the first time. I think it was when Integrity did that tour with Out to Win. And uh, I was with Integ and they didn't get into Canada. So I ended up going with you guys to Canada. I think that's the first time you, I mean, you and I had corresponded, but I think that's the first time you and I had hung oh, out. Oh, okay, okay. In real life. It was always like friends of friends, but never like, yeah, actually, you know, hung out together until that, that week. That's right. Integrity couldn't get in for those shows. And then yeah. they tried tricking the border, uh, the border people by like switching up like their entry point, but the, the borders <laughs> communicated and were like, you know, you were just at the other, that other place. All I remember was like they were like in this giant RV, dude. It was just like fucking some shit that like Metallica would be riding in, and they're just like, oh, just visiting. You know, <laughs> it's just like you know, yeah. completely like you know, an un unbelievable fucking like attempt to get into the country. But uh, so yeah, they didn't end up getting in, and I remember getting the call. I think I stayed with you guys, and uh, it was at your house, and uh, they got the call. They didn't went in. I'm like, fuck it, you know, I'll just I'll just go with you guys. And uh, 
rolled from there. It was awesome. I had a really good time. I sort of kind of remember that. That's right. Yo, I hate trying to get into Canada. What a ball-breaking experience, man. It's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure when the last time you tried to go, but they have this loophole. Well, now, now. we always are legit. We got that paperwork, working yeah. papers, all of that. But before that, when you're trying to be a sneak, forget it. They're breaking balls, man. All you need is like an invitation letter now. And and uh, I'm not sure if the rule is where they can't serve alcohol when you're going across, but it's like it's like a real easy workaround. Whereas back, yeah, back then it was like a, a crapshoot, dude. It was just like that. And it added to the mythology if the band was going to show up or not. You know, it was like. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, fuck, you know, most of the time the band just wouldn't even attempt to come and be like, nah, we got turned away. It was a great cop out to not have to make the eight hour drive to get rejected, you know, but it was the same for us coming in. It was always terrible. I I bet. I bet. But like, let's say, was there a point where where you guys would come like a close point to see shows or not? Oh, all the time, dude. Which which area would be the, the, the one you'd visit most to see shows? Buffalo, anywhere around like, like Buffalo, that whole run of Buffalo area in Cleveland. Yeah. And then sometimes Detroit. If I was like my with my buddies in Windsor, we would go across to Detroit. But uh, usually Buffalo, Syracuse, Cleveland, and like Day of Morning played a lot in the U.S. So you know we had the, the luxury of like seeing a lot of bands like All Out War, Candiria, fucking Indecision, and like Overcast, all that stuff when they were around, like you know in their first wave. So we 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 traveled quite a bit. And got yeah, you guys were in a mix hard, man. Always, but, yeah. but it was always like you know, it was never about trying to be a top dog. We were just happy to be there, you know. I was just happy to just fucking be a part of it and get to do cool shit. It's always been my MO in life. It's just, it ain't about leaving a mark as much as just getting to enjoy the experience, you know? Yeah, yeah. Nah, you always had a good a good rep, like as a good dude, you know? Thanks. <laughs> I was, I was honestly, though, I remember going to Europe and then uh, when you came with, with, with us, with Mushmouth, I was kind of like, man, what the fuck they bringing this dude for? I'm like, I don't like having people I don't know too well around, you know what I'm saying? Dude, I think you're confused. I don't think I went to Europe with you guys. I think I might have crossed paths with you guys over there, but I don't... Weren't you in England with us uh, on some stuff that we have? I'm pretty sure, man. We played together. Pulling Teeth was over there at the same time as you guys. Uh, nah, yeah, we weren't nah. in the... I think we just buddied up and, like, you know, we spent all the time together. It wasn't. We didn't travel there together. We were just... Over there, you know, was that what I think it we, was? Played, we played Bristol with you guys because I think we were on that Ninja Fest together or something. Fuck, Forgive me, I'm kind of fogged as well, but it's yeah, like, yeah, me too. I could totally be wrong. It was definitely not a tour because anytime I've never gone overseas without playing in the band, I never had like yeah. the time or, or resources to maybe it was just Canada. Was that how long was that run when uh, much it was like three or four shows? I think three, it was uh, maybe that that could have been what it was because that's when we just met. So that's probably okay. why you're like, maybe that's that's because yeah. it was the first time I met you, and I was kind of like a little like, oh damn, we're 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 with a stranger now up here, and yeah, like sleeping with one eye open and shit, like watching every movie. <laughs> Dude, you're know. with a, na- a native man. It's okay. I was keeping you guys safe. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, that's you came in handy for for not speaking French. Like we didn't speak French either. It was awesome. I was talking to Matt Joe. Uh, I mean, this was a while, maybe a few months ago, when I was trying to cajole him into uh, recording some demos with me, but. Uh, Remember in Montreal when we were, we were staying in that squat and there was like that crazy fucking prostitute that was just outside the door of the fucking squat the entire time, like a fucking gargoyle just guarding the squat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, but like, you know, we're just like shooting the shit and she was just like, uh, we're like, we're, I think we're looking for food or something. We're like, is there anything to do around here? And she's like, I, I like to get high and fark. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm going back inside now. <laughs> it's cool, you know? Yeah, what a mess. I, I, I like to believe she kept us safe, but she's uh, still Joe, there. She's still there. Probably is. Yeah. Joe remembered that conversation too, right to the T, dude. It was, That's fun. You don't forget a line like that, man. And what's up with Joe? You tried to get him to sing on something? He, he didn't come. Nah, I gave up. 
I gave up. But uh, what God a bless. Pain him. in the ass, that guy, right? Hey, man, you know what? Everyone's got to do themselves. I think he's it's just like pulling to... teeth to try to get somebody to do something <laughs> that you think that they like to do. I it's thought you the... liked this. Just do it. I think it's every vocalist, man. Every vocalist has got what we need. So it's like, you know, they're, they're like the hot girl that like pre Madonna's get, get a date with, you know, they're just like, nah, dude. Yeah. I prefer a post Madonna, <laughs> you know, before the success. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. But, uh, you know, he's just doing his shit. It's cool. I ended up, uh, I wrote a ton of fucking songs during quarantine, all different shit. I would like try to do the thing where it's like, I would try to write a song every day and just be like, whatever. Yes. If it sucks, it sucks. Just do awesome. what happens. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Isn't it fun? You're just like, all right, dude, let's put this yeah. beat on. Let's see if I can fucking make something cool. And uh, yeah, I just had some shit that I thought was, would suit his voice good. And uh, it's kind of funny. Of all random people, uh, I got Mike Erg. It's from this New Jersey pop punk band, the Ergs, to end up singing on those demos. And uh, he sent one of the songs back, and it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so awesome. It's like, Very cool. You know, one fucking door shuts, another one opens. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure at some point I'll fucking corner Joe into doing something. It's just... You got to put a knife to his throat. You do this now. You understand me? Get on the mic. I think it's my, my technique would be just to fucking badger him and annoy him. <laughs> I just show up at his house and be like, so. Uh, no, that's cool. So what what style is the songs for this? Is these like ones are kind of like, uh, I tried to go for like, I think the jump off point was I had a song for Slumlords that was never finished. And I was, mm, was kind of just like okay. trying to write more songs like that. I was like, all right, what if it's like. Your old, what if it's kind of like what if Descendants was from New York in, in, in 1983? You know what I mean? Where it's like it has that AF brawness, but it's also just like box major pat major chord patterns. You know what I mean? So it's oh, kind of like a little bit, of, little bit of both. Yeah. And, uh, you know, more modernly, I guess you could say like Kid Dynamite had that really fucking fast, short, like melodic thing. But, you know, none of these projects are meant to be anything more. I, I, my goal with all of them is just to literally just record them and just, you know, fucking that's it. And if they, People hear them, they hear them, and if not, they don't. But it's like, it's just, you know, cool. I, like I said, it's always about just doing cool shit. It's not really about anything more than that, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's cool. And that's kind of like, I was in the same situation during the, during the uh, like, the first initial lockdown. I just started recording, and I, for fun, I was like, I wanted to do, like, a, a death metal 7-inch, like a black metal 7-inch. Right, Like yeah, a skinhead 7-inch. Yeah. Just have, like, four songs of each totally different like eqing different guitar tones and you know all all style of riffs of certain you know biting certain bands of that genre yeah it was a lot of fun it's but, cool yeah i'd like yeah. to hear some of that shit that sounds cool i know you've been working on something now right you got like a like a street punk band yeah i guess you would call it that you know i'm not sure what you would call it but yeah we finally uh we finally you know because i had everything recorded with like drum software and stuff but we finally laid down real drums over last weekend and it came out good. And uh, I'll I'll do the vocals in that same studio we did the drums in, just because I don't you know I don't know how to do those. I don't have the I don't have gear good enough for it for the drums too. You know I have like a low level set of drum mics. So so we took that to a real studio. Everything else I'll do I'll do in home with the bass guitars and and uh, all the guitar tracks. But yeah, it's fun. I mean that's we can't play, but we can write. You know they can't stop us from writing as of and now. I would so rather hear that and hear somebody just be like, Hey, I made this random project. That's never going to do anything. Here you go. Then to be someone be like, Hey, here's on Bandcamp 20 hours of us rehearsing, <laughs> you know, and, and rare it. Like everyone kind of tried to milk the pandemic shit and be like, with their, con it was, the content was like lame. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like, I don't, I don't want to listen to 20 hours of your fucking band working out songs, man. Just like do something, collaborate with somebody, make something fucking cool. And just like, 
even if it never goes beyond that. You know, that's what I would rather hear people I don't expect to work together just do something that's a one shot. Just be like, yeah. Like I, re- he- I reached out to a lot of people, kind of like you, you might have as well, because I wanted to get singers. I wanted to get different singers, and everybody was into it, but nobody. No one delivered. Yeah, nobody <laughs> delivered. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I like that. Definitely. And all right, you know, what do you need? I- I'll write something. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. It's, uh, fuck it. Fuck these motherfuckers. <laughs> I had some good luck. I did some, uh, I did a few with Mike from All Out War. Mike Score and I did uh, a couple that are like, oh, shit. Dude, we were like listening to that last Chromax record and uh-huh. we're like, wishing it sounded like Best Wishes. Yeah. It's a good, you know, it's good. I think Harley writes awesome music. It's cool, and Rocky George is an amazing guitar player. So it's fucking, it's it's a cool. I'm, it, it's his choice to you know. Rocky George whatever. is good. I'll go with that. It's fucking ace. But I'm like, at the same time, it's like you know he's got to, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's his band. But it's like I, as a fan, I kind of wished it sounded like Best Wishes, right? And and Alpha Omega. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I go to Mike. Let's fucking write some songs that if we were the Chromags, <laughs> that's what it would sound like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was kind of like the impetus. And we just wrote some songs that sounded like they would be best wishes kind of reach broader. And well, like, let me yeah. ask you about best wishes. Do you re- you like that one? Is that, that, is that your favorite? It's my favorite for sure. Yeah. Now I find the songs to be too long and the, the riffs played too long over, over and over and over. You don't I think that's like fair. That? No, I think that's a fair assessment. I think it could, you know, like anything, it could use some, adjustments you know i, I know it's a hindsight. thing in that in that time I, I that's what kind of bands you know bands did that back then but for me it's like yeah there's there's some there's some cool riffs in there but they're just they're just monotonous you know it definitely yeah you know that was a, that was my feeling for like a long time and then like as i really got into it and i like started listening to the actual compositions and the solos i'm like this shit's fucking like what a fucking move like to do age of coral and like fucking totally shift your whole band around and then come out with that record and just be like, what the fuck, dude? It's like crazy. Like, you know what I mean? It's just Yeah. It's now like, it's you know, a good is it a good move or is it a mistake? Like that's absolutely what... a good it was absolutely a good move. And uh I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying I'm in the majority on this one. I have a lot of friends that love Chromags and we like it's the eternal debate, you know what I mean? Because I love Alpha Omega almost as much as I love Best Wishes. It's like I think like Alpha Omega started to show that those dudes are, aren't just like, you know, dudes that fucking like live in a gutter and play like three like motorhead fucking riffs. You know what I mean? Like they were like kind of very musically evolved. Like mm-hmm. when you get to Alpha Omega, you can hear like the shit they're fucking writing is like pretty fucking advanced and like just it's cool. It's real creative and I like creative shit. So I'm like, this is fucking it's really neat. I think it's interesting. And I think of near death experience. It's kind of just a botch, but like if those songs were properly like worked out, like that's say goodbye to a Mother Earth song is sick, dude. It's so maybe like, they could have used like a producer that was really seriously into it, you know. Someone that could have just wrangled them because they were just probably like I think they were just you know, yeah. they were probably young and fucking crazy and just someone to kind of just hold it together. But I I I I enjoy their whole catalog, dude. I think every record is kind of cool and has like yeah. something that evolve it evolves into a different 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 state you know what i mean now tell me if i'm wrong here you might not know but i always i saw Cro-Mags once way back when harley was singing and he had he was playing a flute am i wrong about this did he ever <laughs> never heard of that some people say yeah yeah i saw that and other people like no way that never happened I, they got me like second guessing like did that happen was he ever live on stage with a fucking flute Dude, I'm gonna say yes only because I like the idea so much. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wish it happened, but like, uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, I've seen so many different versions of that band, and uh, 
I can't imagine any of them dudes playing a flute. Maybe that dude Gabby that plays guitar because he's like a fucking incredible musician. I wouldn't be surprised if he could play flute and guitar mm. at the same time. But like, now what is know. your what's your opinion on the other Crow Mags version of uh, the John Joseph headed one? Uh, I'm Team Harley, man, a hundred percent. Wow. I know it's uh it's not a popular opinion in in, in, in some circles, but for me, I, he's just he's a bad act. He's a bad actor. They would call him in in I just like FBI I, world. I, it's you know it's not really about a personal personality thing for me because this personality is just like i can separate music and like personalities you i know? could too if i if honestly if i thought his shit was dope the stuff he did alone i'd be like yeah that shit is dope but he sucks like, <laughs> like kind of like uh who's like that like i don't know i can't think of somebody right now but i'll say it if they're they got dope shit but they're just dicks but i don't like his stuff alone and i don't like his voice his approach to singing yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, i thought that record oh, you know that like, solo record he did before chromags was fucking hard dude if that was like the the record he came out as chromags with the one that was ironically called chromag i think people would have been floored dude the one that was like just pretty much about him getting stabbed and like had him like with a knife on the cover that sticking his that record fucking was really fucking hard yeah the like, arm was coming out of like a bus window yeah. or something like that and i'm just like dude that shit was great but then the new record really i guess he had a muse at the time. He was so angry that he had something to really fucking push him to make something mean. And the new one was a lot more uplifting. And again, I like the musicianship, but I agree with you. I think like in print in the printing world, I'm sure you're familiar with like what, you know what CMYK is like when they used to lay the colors to make a full color picture. They oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the issue with the Chromax, dude. I think if you listen to like that Agros band or if you listen to blood clot, or if you listen to Harley's band, it's just like, you, one is the C, one's the M, one's the Y, and then, you know, the K is God knows where. But I think you can hear how they would all complement each other if you laid them on top of each other. And, like, mm-hmm. it would complete the puzzle, you know? So it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like eating a meal and just separating everything instead of eating a lasagna and putting all your shit in, like, different little compartments instead of <laughs> the whole thing, you know? <laughs> but, uh, Imagine that, like, like separating your lasagna. That's a bizarre, but, uh, you know... <laughs> I want the I want the band to make the lasagna and present it ready to eat. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you. But I think Harley delivered the most Chromax esque sounding thing out of everybody. You know. Now, what do you think of this blood clot stuff? You follow it at all or no? He just I listen to it honestly. I'm just not. I don't like John's voice that much. To be mm. fair, it's just like it's, it's it doesn't suck. I mean, I'm not being like you know. Blah, blah, blah. It's like it's just like. And I'm not saying by fucking, I'm not saying Harley is like fucking Freddie Mercury either, but it's like, I don't know. I just like, no, uh, you, you, you have a preference in yeah, tone. I just prefer, prefer Harley's tone. And I just, and the only thing I like John's voice on really is like the, the age of quarrel demo and the record, like the first two. Yeah. I like the mix, the mix really kind of just complimented everything. And then it just always sounded like kind of, kind of like higher or like kind of more nasal than the music was like kind of maybe, I don't know. It's just, it's, oh, it never you. just. I'm like that too. Like if there's if there's a great band, but the singer I just don't like his voice, it kills it for me. Like I yeah. can't. I know some some. I have friends that are like, oh yeah, his voice sucks, but it's so dope. I just I can't get past the voice that I don't like. So that's true. It's where the frequency it. sits, and it's where it sits in the frequency. And I guess uh, something that I've always loved about Integrity, even before I was in the band, like the vocals always just sit fucking perfectly where where the, where the instruments are. And Ringworm too is just like all them, you know, Marauder, All I Wore. Like there's always like a wave of bands where like it just you know you can nail those frequencies and that shit fucking yeah it sounds like a, a band like all that war i would never usually 
like that, but I love All Out War. Like yeah, All Out War, like that's it. That that vocal tone, everything, the way it fits in, those riffs, that makes me like, you know, like that style. But usually that wouldn't be my style. But yeah, it could, it could when it does work for certain people, it's all about sonically how it fits, you know? Right. And I mean, again, that's just you and I. Some other dude probably thinks Bug Clot's amazing and like the Harley oh, yeah, version sure. is dumb, you know? And yeah. that's, that's, that's cool too. I man. think, I think Age of Quarrel is dope and then every other Chromax thing sucks. Like that's, that's how a, I, I feel. But I, a I, lot of people I know think, yeah. think that too, you know? And that's cool. It's, it's I might be yeah. wrong because you revisited and I never revisited. And I'm, I'm kind of like the snob. Like I hear three seconds or something. I'm like, no, I don't like it. No. You know? Yeah. But, <laughs> it's like, uh, I have this horrible fucking, I don't know if it's horrible, but it's definitely time consuming where if I don't like something, I have to fucking, I'll spend years of my life trying to figure out why I don't like it. <laughs> like, you're I'll keep going you're back. a sick maniac. Why would you Yeah, I'm like that? a fucking masochist, dude. And I'm like, I'll go back. I'm like, why does this suck? Why don't I, am I just not getting it? Is it going over my head? You know what I mean? I would go back and like, I can go back, go back. I remember being that way with the second body count record dude because i fucking love that first record so much i was like this shit fucking rules like the guitar playing was so fucking innovative for what yeah. it was at the time like there goes the neighborhood where he's got that whole fucking tapping middle part and shit that shit was awesome right yeah and then that second record came out and I was like, yeah that second record was a flop i i think i didn't like it i remember spending like 50 dollars, dude it came out and it was like an import and i like ran to fucking buy it i was like oh my fucking god i can't wait to take this home and listen to it and i'm just like Hmm. <laughs> yeah. How about that new body count? Do you like that stuff? It's uh, you know, I like it, and I like that they're kind of progressing and keeping themselves relevant. But at times, I don't know. Like if you listen, and it's another weird band where I could tell you, I could fucking deep dive their entire catalog and talk about every body count record with you. you are <laughs> so like, fucking crazy. You I remember one pulling teeth tour. We listened to every fucking body count record from front to back on the way to Florida. We had to drive straight to Florida, and we did yeah. like every every one. And uh, the new ones, like, they're cool, but I also feel like there's more hands in the mix. It's not, like, just Ernie C and whoever fucking... No, there's production in there. Yeah, they're, there's yeah. dudes writing the songs. It's not just Ernie C and, like, fucking Beatmaster B and Moose Man fucking making the shit up, you know what I mean? It's more but like... that's what I like about the new body count, the, and especially the album before this newest one. Mm -hmm. That production, I love it. I mean, there's so many guitar tones going on. Every lead has its own sound. And uh, I that dude Will Putney I guess did that, and uh, yeah. I would love to go in that dude's studio. If only had the Fazuls. It's a, a, I don't know, man. It's, you know, I feel like, uh, and uh, it's not a band I really like enjoy, but I'll give them credit for like you know kind of like setting a standard for a younger generation. Is that Code Orange band? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that kind that it's it's wild to hear like their influence transcend over to a band like Body Count because I can definitely hear like how like. They heard what a band like Code Orange is doing. Maybe that's where that Will dude comes into play, you know, where it's like... Yeah, I think he's into that kind of stuff. And it's just like, you know, just to fucking hear, like, their influence transcend to older bands. But Body Count doesn't sound like they're showing up in, like, you know, a 16-year-old's clothes and be like, hey, dudes, where's the beer? You know, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. they kind of made it their own. And uh, I like it. I like those new records. I thought they were good. But uh, my favorite ones are, like, the... I even have grown to like the second one because, like I said, I like the... Uh, Again, it's like when we're talking about the CMYK thing. I like the musical chemistry, but between that original lineup, it just has like a real cool, sloppy as, as hell, but it's just fucking real cool. I like, I like the way they play together. Yo, and I love Ice T. I love that dude. Dude, I I followed Ice T since I was like a kid. Dude, I had Ryan Pays like when Ryan Pays came out. I remember, uh, fuck, dude, it was like um, I had this neighbor, 
And I was just getting into rap. I was like in fifth grade. And I, fuck, I forgot what song it was. I, I think it was probably Run DMC Raising Hell or some shit, where it was just like a uh, classic track. Oh, dude, fucking on Hit It Run, where it goes, uh, when he was like, those dumb motherfuckers can't mess with us, right? And I'm just like, whoa, he said motherfucker, you know? <laughs> and, you know, this girl's like, you think that's hard? Check this shit out, right? <laughs> she gave me Ryan Pays, right? Made me a dumb of that shit. And I was just like completely fucking floored, dude. I was like, this shit is the fucking coolest, you know? It's just like, I, fo- I followed him from, from day one, pretty much. Even like, the, you know, the, the breakdancing stuff before Ryan Pays, I always went back and kind of figured it all out. Uh, uh, Blinky uh, played with Body Count once. It was pretty fucking funny. We played him at Cleveland. At, uh, it was before those two comeback records when uh, it was like in that gap between uh, that one record like that had like the Bayou fucking... There was a one record kind of everybody. It sounded like a contractual obligation. It was the one no one really talks about. The one after Violent Demise. The name is fucking slipping me. But uh, Thought you knew the body count shit. Dude, I could tell you the songs, but I can't fucking for life me remember what that record is. I know there's like a Bayou thing because I remember being like, dude, what the fuck is why is he singing about the Bayou? This shit's fucking weird, right? <laughs> the Bayou. It's like CCR meets fucking body count. But uh so you know, I got to see I I saw Ernie C walking around and I just fucking straight punished the fucking dude forever. You know, it was just like I had so many questions about all this cool shit. I fucking love his guitar playing. And we here we're thinking we're gonna run into Ice T and we fucking don't, because like, you know. Who wouldn't want to get a picture with Ice-T and just fucking... Yo, I had the best question for him, too. Remember the song Drama on Power? Yeah. I wanted to ask him if he laughed when he heard the fucking music for the first time. Because, like, the music is kind of, like, kind of (laughs) funny when you listen to it. When it goes, drama. And then that's like... (laughs) Right? It's just like... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, Evil E probably brought that shit to the table. And he's just like, okay, I guess I could rap over that. (laughs) It's just like, you know... I could ask questions that would have definitely made him be like, dude, this dude's a fucking nerd. Get him out of here. But, uh, yo, the dude is cool as fuck. He like, uh, he, we got an offer to play a show he was doing in New York city. And we are like, yeah, fuck. And Madball was on it. We like, yo, did like, did Madball get us on there? And like, no body count wants you guys on there. We're like, what? Dude, and, that's so cool. Yeah. Me and Joe worked, in, uh, we work in New York city construction. So we went right to the venue. It was like a Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were dirty as fuck. We looked like construction workers. We had bags with us. We'd get dressed later. We walk in. Ice T's there, and he and he's like, "Yo, what's up? Wisdom and Chains. What's up?" He like oh, knew dude. he knew who we were. Even like dirty looking in construction clothes. I was like, "Yo, this dude is the coolest motherfucker." And I love the fact that he loves and and knows like some some metal and punk and hardcore shit. Like it's it's cool, man. I can't think of anybody that's aged better than that dude has. You know. Yeah, yeah, but we did have a brief brush with him. We were outside. We were like standing around, and uh, he just walked out with his wife and looked at us and just said, "Yeah, big show tonight," and got into an SUV and drove away. See another pun there? Oh, I think I slipped that one in for you. Yeah, but it's like it's that. cool because my dad doesn't know anything about. Well, my dad's not alive anymore. Back then, my dad like you know, this shit was all fucking mystery to him. My dad was like some fucking card playing Italian fucking hustler dude that didn't give a shit about music. It was like. Uh, fucking new law and order, right? So he's like, calls me the next day. He's like, So, did you get to talk to the Iceman? <laughs> yeah. like, it was pretty cool. He transcends everything, man. Fucking, I enjoy, I enjoy Ice I'm, I'm grateful that he's been a part of my life for as long as he has. I enjoy those records a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's the real deal, Ice T. But yo, when, up in Canada, in, in the scene, what was the, like, in your opinion, like, what was the relevant, like, most influential Canadian hardcore band? It kind of came in in uh in different waves and it's different things for different people obviously but for you know uh 
in the mid nineties, you had your, your chokeholds and like those kind of bands, your burst of silence, the Hamilton bands. And I guess, you know, like off, off of that came like bands like great or ignorance never settles like the whole, like, you know, kind of like the derivative of earth crisis or bloodlet, the chugging fucking real yeah. spacious chugging riffs and like the drums kind of carry it. That shit was, you know, was, was a big deal before that, you know, it was more like a punk punk realm with your Diglo abortions and a bunch of fucking goofs and those kind of bands, which is kind of wild. Cause I'm doing the coldest life records now for a uh, three, nine. And like, we're kind of just filtering through all the catalog, all the old Ron demos and dude, the old fucking Ron demos sound like a bunch of fucking goofs. It's fucking insane. How there's a parallel between these two bands. I'm not sure if you know them. It might be just a Toronto thing, but like, and this, again, this is speaking from my experience. Other people might have different opinions of what they thought was the relevant shit. But to mm-hmm. me, that's my timeline. And then from there, it kind of went into, you know, and also I should, you know, have to mention there was also like your metal and crossover world of bands like Monster Voodoo Machine or Mundane and Soulstorm, which was like your, that, you know, was a whole everything from fucking Godflesh to Nine Inch Nails to, I want to say, I dare say Sepultura Roots before they made Roots. This band Mundane was totally on a, on a, on a level like that. Oh, they had a singer shit. that played like percussion and like they were like Brazilian dudes. So I don't know, maybe those dudes all knew each other and fucking Sepultura bit their shit. Maybe they did. You know what I mean? But maybe not. It's just, it's, it's kind of fucking neat that like, there was like this pocket of Toronto bands that were doing really cool things. And then, uh, you know, when then Dirge and Day of Mourning came about and we were the dudes that liked bands like fucking Mushmouth and All Out War and Fury. And there wasn't a lot of us in the fucking city back then. You know, there was literally like a handful of people that would could come to the city from the various suburbs and go to these shows like blood for blood or stigmata would play. And there'd be like 10 people there, dude. It was, it was just insane. You know what I mean? But like, mm. I still know all 10 of those people, <laughs> you know, it's kind of cool. That, like, And uh, dude, was, a funny story was there was a stigmata blood for blood show on like a Tuesday. And I was in college at the time in the city. So I would fucking be done my class. I was taking printing classes pretty much as an excuse to fucking use a print shop and learn how to screen print merch. You're a real sneak. Always. And uh, I went to that fucking Stigmata show and there was a, a promise ring show later that day that was sold out lying around the building, right? And dude, fucking I've nine out of 10 people I know from Toronto were like, hell yeah, I remember that Stigmata show. I'm like, yeah, because you were in line for the promise ring show, dude. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> out of that Stigmata show. There was like 10 people there. Not in front like they were, yeah. Always. But, uh, you know, we kind of just lived in that realm, you know, fucking we loved all those bands. At the time, you know, I know shit will get mocked nowadays, but back to basics, all the, all the bands that kind of like came on the radar because of back to basics back then for whether it's the demos or the seven inches, you know, like Mushmouth, yeah. Crutch, fucking all, all, all to have a record on there, but like, you know, it was, I kind of lump it all in anything that Rick was distributing at the yeah, time. Yeah. Rick definitely always had uh, all that war stuff on hand. Yeah. Yeah. He had like, like their, all their releases and. That was definitely part of the district. It was a big deal. And Cold as Life, Earth Mover. Like, we just fucking loved all that shit, dude. And, like, we would play with these bands in the States a lot. Because in Canada, just really, no one really fucking gave a shit. And then uh, as that was winding down, and uh, I was getting ready, right before I moved to the U.S., you know, like, No Warning and Fucked Up and Career Suicide. And that shit started popping off. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that stuff got, that stuff blew up. No Warning I, and Fucked Up. That's the biggest, I think that, that was the biggest stuff to ever come out of the, out of the city. You know what I mean? That was the stuff that put really put Toronto on the map. A lot of bands made to varying degrees of success kind of got out there and did their thing. Chokehold, especially, you know, and of course, fucking Left 4 Dead and Haymaker, which is my fucking two favorite Canadian bands ever. 
for, for that realm for hardcore but like yeah that, that wave of no warning and fucked up and career suicide really fucking made an impression like worldwide yeah and that's kind of where i lost touch at that point you know and after you, that you were like, more of an I american guy by that time right yeah man it's just like i was closer to the shit i liked and i was already fucking in the integrity camp at that point so it was like i didn't you know i, I had my own shit to fucking think about it. i didn't really follow it as much anymore as far as the regional thing went what what yeah what year did uh, you start a three eighty nine records? Um, I want to say two thousand four. It was when Slumlords was kind of popping off, and uh, we had a unique fucking situation where we couldn't tour, but people would fly us in. And in two thousand four, that was still a pretty. I mean, now it's pretty commonplace; anyone will fly anybody in. But back then, it was kind of a. It's something that didn't happen often, and we would get offers to play all these shows, and we're like, dude, all this work, we can't fucking do that shit you know we were the, we were the, one of the first bands to have that excuse and be able to turn it into flights yeah <laughs> so we would do that and we had a pretty decent following wherever we went so i thought that would be a cool opportunity to start putting out records by bands that were similar that didn't have that fucking i don't want to say cloud because that sounds lame but they didn't have the luxury of being able to fucking take advantage of the situation the way we were so i was like you know if i start putting these records out i'm like hey if you like slumlords you'll probably like Bring it on. You'll probably like Everyday Dollars or Wisdom and Chains was one of the first records. I Everyday did Dollars. Yo, that shit was good. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That shit was awesome. Wow. I forgot all about that. That was a, that was a good release. That was the whole uh, reason why I started the label. I was just like, you know what? I, I kind of like giving back. I was like reinvesting. You know what I mean? You kind of just fucking put back and be like, you know, because I always like that shit. If someone's like, hey, you like Integrity? Check out Ringworm. You know, check out Ascension. You probably like the shit too. It's just like, yeah, it was always important and it was always cool. And, uh, and that's how that's how the ball got rolling you know what i mean and just uh it kind of snowballed from there so it's pretty wild to think about so how, how many, much do you done. know how many releases you have under your belt at this point or no cold as life will be 175 wow that's <laughs> crazy bro dude that's and it's for, for one guy that's the fucking part that like is the biggest mindfuck because like doing the cold as life record now in 2021 it's taken me like a long time to like get all the pieces together and fucking to prove it. it's just you know it's a longer process and I look back to 10 years ago and 10 years ago, I fucking put out like 32 records that year by myself. Jesus Christ, bro. That's serious. Dude. I don't even know how I did it. I had a full-time job and I had like a one-year-old. back then. <laughs> so That is crazy. 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 Cause I have a label and we got like, maybe let's say we got a main guy that does the bulk of the work and then three or four other dudes. Right. And we say, yo, let's not get too crazy. Let's just do two or three releases this year. Yep. And you're one dude and you're doing 30 plus. That dude, is Dude, not so now. Not 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 at not at my age now, but back then I just like I always had really, really fucking severe ADHD. And like I was never into taking medicine for it. So I just have this fucking backwards ass way of fucking like do a lot of shit. And like and somehow in like in the same realm of time, like your 60 minutes is 120 minutes to me. I could it's like being Amish, you know. <laughs> I could do like it's like a kingpin when they're like, you know, every yeah. time you do something, we do seven as much. And it's just like somehow I'm able to I don't I don't realize while I'm doing it, I only see it when I'm at the other end of the tunnel. But I'm like, geez, it's just like how did I fucking do that? You know, it's it's, it's crazy. You must love but, it, right? I mean that's I do, I do. you know what I mean? It's what, that's why I say when people authentically love shit, they make it happen. They just totally. make it happen. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, it. If, if you would have said, guess how many releases A389 has out, I would have said, and I would have been thinking, this is so many. Wow, I bet you have like, I don't know, 75, 80 <laughs> releases. It's that crazy. is crazy, bro. Respect. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, it's something I, you know, music's always been my my first love. You know, more than fucking my whole life, it's always just been fucking the, the thing, the glue. You know. Do you have like a, a handful of like favorites in in that in that lot? Oh, dude, there's so many. There's like they all have like a cool story. It's just like everything is kind of like you know, and I've had to try to be less of a pack rat about shit now because I would keep every one of every color and thing, and then I was like. Dude, I don't need all this shit. But it's just like <laughs> doing integrity for the first time was a fucking huge deal for me. Doing that Walt Purgis not seven inch was was really fucking wild. That was probably like, a lot of work, right? Because that's like that has a big like like movement of collectors behind that band, right? Yeah, that was a bit my first like big fucking thing. But also like you know the Pulling Teeth records was wild because that was my first band that like you know that got such a huge response where i was like selling out of entire fucking pressings of it it was like fucking that there was the paranoid delusions record i was telling the story the other day the one with the hologram cover yeah my favorite looking vinyl release of all time oh thank you dude it's the craziest because it's like i was on somebody that's not into music at all about it and i was like this has to happen and at the time uh pulling teeth was on death wish and they weren't they weren't gonna fucking spring for that shit right i was like i'll fuck i'm let me just plus i didn't want anyone i wanted to do it i wanted to make sure it was done the way i want it done you know yeah and uh, they had to get someone from Apple to fucking design that shit. Because I showed them the Rolling Stones cover. Remember that? Like, uh, it's called the Satanic Majesty's Request. It's like a record that came out in like 67, I want to say. It had them like in wizard suits and like fucking weird ass <laughs> shit. Right. And like it had a little bit of a hologram effect to it, but nothing as drastic as, as the Pulling Teeth record. And I'm like, I want this, but I want these two drawings to turn into each other. Can we fucking make this happen? And and the plant was Pirates Press, and they were so into the idea. They're like, we will find a way to make this shit happen. You know, and we, it cost, dude, put it this way. If it didn't sell the entire fucking pressing out and pre-order, I would have had to disappear for a year and get a job, like a second job, just to fucking pay for it. Damn. So when that shit went up for pre-order, I was like, fuck, it's sink or swim, you know? And like, people that didn't even like the band were like, that cover is amazing. I'll buy it. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, that's a collect, that's a collectible piece. Like you got to have that piece. If it's wild. Playing. Cause back then I was like, should I sell it for 25 bucks? Is that too much? And fuck now it's like, I could have put that record out and sold it for like 50 bucks. It's, it's just, it's insane. But that's, that's the thing a vinyl. Deal. You, and you, since you're, you know, you have a label, don't you find yourself kind of like, man, why do I do this? Cause this shit, like, I don't think like an average person that just buys it understands how much of this stuff comes out to per unit. Like, yeah, there's nothing like really profitable about vinyl, you know, especially well on this level. You know what I mean? It has to be something that makes sense. And they, I mean, that was my own band. So I was willing to take the, take the hit if it, if it yeah. failed, you know, but like, you know, like, uh, like for the coldest life, for instance, I know Borderland Hard's never been on vinyl and I know everybody around the world is dying to have it. So I'm like, you know, we can afford to spend a little money and make it like really nice. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like, your regular cover here's your record you know what i mean we went like put some metallic blue ink on the cover and there's got a huge poster of that dragon and it's got a gatefold and it's also got, like a printed inner sleeve so dope so we went for it dude i'm like it deserves it and like records like that or the hundred demons lp that records that i fucking like grew up loving i try to give it like the red carpet you know i'm like you know i want it to be at least for the first press and then if it stays in press you can go to switch because it makes the people want the first press it's cool yeah you switch to something a little more generic but I always try to give it a real fucking magical spin the first time around if it's something I really care about. And I care about all of them. So it's like, I like all of them records I did. So it's like, all of them got their own little stories. You know, I Hate God or Black Dahlia Murder or like the fucking joke bands I did, like Hate Waves. You know what I mean? Just everything. Everything's always got a piece where it's just like, it's a part of the story. So it's it's, it's cool. That's dope. And I got to say, uh, out of all the labels I've ever been on, like, uh, 
I've never received any sort of royalties for any release outside of my own label, except for a seven inch we did with you years ago. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, wow, what a guy. This guy's sending, sending like uh, uh, some, some, some money over this thing. I already even, never even questioned or asked about. That's, I, try, I try to keep a, a clean fucking, uh, it's all about, you know, a, yeah. I, I, something I realized working with other labels in the past is that, you know, it's not always like that. And you fucking, it's not always, people aren't always like they, they're pulling themselves out to be. So I was kind of modeled it to be like, I would want this to be a label that I would want to be on. How would I do that? You know, I always give the bands either a lot of copies or a really fucking, you know, decent amount of the money. If there's money to be made, you know, otherwise yeah, it's gonna yeah. be like, you're going to have to be happy with copies because there's, this might not recoup, you know? <laughs> so it's like, and you know, I just try to do that. I try to make sure fucking everyone, it's a good experience for everybody. And like, Every one of those records is a record that I would want to own. It's not something I put out because I thought I would make a lot of money. It was just something that either had to exist and I wanted it in my collection or I thought the world needed to hear it, you know? So I think now it's Have cool. you ever like had some, I asked the same question to Patrick from Reaper Records. Have you ever had bands that were unhappy or kind of sketchy, like sketched out by you and thought maybe you weren't being honest? I had, I had that a, experience myself once and I was like shocked by it. I was like, what do you think? I had it with a band and, uh, you know, I'm kind of not really into putting negative vibes out there, but I will say I did a lot for this band that like turned around and kind of, you know, just kind of tried to fucking spin it. Like, you know, I was a bad guy cause they weren't happy with something. And you know what? I just let it go, man. I gave them back their records. And I was like, it's cool. It's like, do what you want, man. It's like, it's not what I'm here. That's not what I'm in this for. You know what I mean? Here's, have your records back. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And that's happened once ever. You know what I mean? So it's like more power to him. God bless. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, I think, you know, me, we're, me and you are in this situation of we're always in bands. And at one time we always dealt with labels, you know, as guys that are just in bands. And now we're bands with labels, you know, so yeah. I don't I don't think like anything that we've might have been unhappy with. I don't think we'd bring it across into our, our own practices, you know. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? And with that situation, it's fine. If you're not happy with it, then and it's the same thing when, you know, when I when I got in the. This, this thing with cold of life, I was like, if there's ever a point where you're not happy with it, let's just, you know, find the, the, uh, the clean, the clean cutoff point and we can walk. It's never like, I don't own your record. Yeah. I'm not, I don't own any, you know, it's like, I, it's not like that. It's like, I'm here to help. Well, you got to say that with, the, you know, with, with cold is life. You got to, because they'll kill you if they don't like, <laughs> they'll fucking slice your Canadian throat. I don't want to ruin their reputation, but they've actually been like the fucking nicest, nah, one of some of the nicest cool, dudes man. I've ever fucking worked with. I've been trying to get a uh, interview with uh, Jeff since he's been out to clink. Oh, you and, should. Uh, he's nah, in the hard pin down. He works like yeah, 36 hours a day. Long. He's out there. His message is out there now, so it's good. I was trying to get get early in the mix. You know what ah, I mean? Right on. I mean, yeah. you know, he's got a lot to talk about. A lot. I don't feel like a lot of people are really uh, have really touched upon what he could really bring to the table as far as interviews go. You know yeah, what I mean? Maybe it's, I got to get him on and see if I can yeah. open him up like a can of tuna. Maybe. But you know what? I, I was... Uh, I was big in the mix of uh, Cold as Life for a while through their old bass player. Yeah, uh, I remember the preview. I remember yeah, when you and like, uh, yeah, he he had us out there a few times filming, talking to people, uh, gathering, and he he was bringing the option to release all their stuff on vinyl to us a while ago. Mm. You know, and then once he was out of everybody's good graces, and once he just disappeared, we didn't know what to do with. All like that's how the 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 Facebook thing came up. Like I'm just, right, I, right. I, I you know they asked me to make that like way back, and I've just been sitting on it like waiting for it to happen. 
and all of this footage. And I don't know, man, if you guys are not that end ever want to do something with any of that stuff, I could see what I got. You know, there was like, yeah, no, that would be awesome. It's a, it's something where I just like, literally, I remember, you know, I was like, I, we had played shows in the nineties with, with those guys and like cross paths, but there were never like people I was like, you know, aside from like the nod or hey good show you know it wasn't really like dudes i hung out with or anything like that i didn't really know them they were wild they were real wild so maybe they had a reputation for sure you know and i'm a pretty just fucking laid back uh hanging the wings kind of guy but uh you know that demos lp came out and uh i just kind of i remember buying it and like it ended up costing me like 50 or 60 bucks with shipping dude and i was just like when i got it i hated that it was ripped from mp3s like when i listened to it i'm like it's cool that somebody did it and I'm not fucking, you know, yeah, down. But if you're going to do it, do it right. Exactly. That's, that's where I was like, you know what? This is cool. And this needed to happen. Cause this showed the world that cold is life is fucking on um, vinyl could be a thing. So, you know, definitely fucking respect back to, uh, backside records for doing that and fucking getting it on everybody's trajectory. But like, I have to be like, I'm going to throw my, my, my hat in the ring and be like, dude, you know, if you want, I sent them the hundred demons record and I was like, this is, this is what I can do. You know, we can yeah. fucking make this. And the funny thing is I didn't have a hundred demons. I had to buy it off eBay for like, I think it was like 60 or $80 dude before I had to send them a copy. It was crazy. I didn't have my own copy. Holy I shit. Having, so I had to fucking buy one for almost a hundred dollars. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's fucking wild to see that shit fucking come full circle. And now it's coming out and, uh, the remaster sounds fucking tight. Those dudes That's are happy. Dope. Those dudes are, you know, making, making some money and getting some fucking well-deserved, uh, you know what I mean? Like something like that will fall through the cracks if not. You know, it's like yeah, that's why I wanted to put out that that documentary because what a band! Like, dude, know, like people what a gotta, story! People got to know. They got to know. I wish, I wish, and like you know, it's uh, I remember you know I've seen the trailer. Obviously, who who can deny your intro was like Detroit, a music city. <laughs> You're like a yeah, a prodigy. You know? Oh yeah, like, yeah. There was actually like a trailer made. Yeah, the yeah, trailer yeah, was like we were in the process. And then the the thing was, I, like I said, the bass player just, he disappeared. He's out of the mix. We don't know how to get hold of him. The people that we dealt with hate him now. And uh, they almost, they have like a suspicion against us because we were through him. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, right, Jesus right. Christ. But there's so many people that weren't even touched on in the trailer that are like integral to the story. It's fucking I'm insane. Sure. Like, uh, name a person, though. I bet, like, I'm telling you, with the interviews, we had so many fucking people. All right, I got one. Did you guys talk to that dude, Jeff West? Jeff West, I don't know. What's, See, what's... Jeff West was, like, he was guitar player in the band during the Ron era and on the 95 demo, right before the Borneland hard, like, lineup of the band, like, kind of came together. We may have. We demo. may have. Ron, Ron, uh, we may have. It's like, just interesting that like there's a whole fucking era of the band that's often overlooked because most people just want to hear Born to Land Hard and that's the version well, of the musically band that that's yeah, that's the documented part. Music. Right. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many people that were like in the band before that. There's a dude from Suicide Machines, Jay Navarro that was in there for a minute. Oh yeah, we got a good interview with him. Oh, that rules. Yeah, yeah it's a great funny. interview with him. In what front of the, in front of this old abandoned building, and he went really deep into it. We got a real good one with him. It's yeah. awesome. That guy Enzo from Dogs of War is another really uh cool yes. dude or beast from hate inc there's like all these guys that like have like so many it's literally like fucking being on like some fucking like a uh, unsolved mystery show where you're like going backwards just to, everyone has like a little piece of the story but not the whole story and it's cool yeah. to, like, talk to all these dudes and it's just like and i'm just talking specifically not even about 
the band's legacy. This is just trying to piece the demos together, dude. This is me just trying to figure out what order, how many recording sessions happened and that kind of stuff. And just like everybody has like a little piece of fucking information that's of use. And like, it's like, I, it's like being in a, on Law and Order. It's, it always comes back to Ice-T, right? It's like I got like a little <laughs> chart in my office where I'm like, all right, here's the fucking map of Coldest Life starts here. This dude's in, this dude's out. They did this. I'm trying to like just piece it all together because I really want to present the best fucking possible, you know, yeah. version. Now, you, you, if you do something, you're going to do it right. I want to, you know, I want to. You're make like it. one of them dudes, what do they call them? Anal. I wish there was a cooler word for it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Anal. What the fuck they call it anal for? Dude, like, that just sucks, right? It's it just it like, makes no sense. Like, a- anal. Like, he's very attentive to detail. He cares a lot. No, they gotta be like anal. I think that's the shit fucking the, the fucking the meatheads did to make fun of us, man. They're like, yo, let's yeah. fucking. I guess if you're planet. receiving anal, you are very hyper focused. You know, you, you yeah. ever see footage of someone receiving anal? They are. No, really... I can tell you having to fucking get a. Whatchamacallit? Have you ever had to? It's a, you're about the same age as me. Have you ever had to have your, uh, what the fuck is it called? Your prostate checked. For, like, never. What do you cancer? think? What do you, come oh, on. dude. I, Yo, fucking, I don't go, even go. masturbate. I wouldn't even touch my own wiener. Dude, go do that shit. You might save your life. Fucking, but, uh, anyways, fucking having to do that shit for the first time, right? It's just like, yo, my whole life, that shit's been exit only, right? So when that dude went in there, I was just like, you were hyper focused, weren't you? Dude, uh, yeah. All you could think about was like, this. You heard the I'm clock stuck. ticking. It sounded like yeah. Was, you literally can hear like conversations three rooms away, right? You're like, uh-huh. how does anyone like this? You know what I mean? Oh, like, see, now you're but, going, uh, now but, you know, crazy. Yeah, that's definitely my PSA, dude. Definitely fucking get that shit checked out sooner than later. You might. You know, I have not been to the doctor in uh, I don't know twenty years, probably twenty. 20 years like when i do finally have to go to the doctor it's gonna be all bad news i'm sure oh boy dude it's yeah. gonna be like uh it's fucking a uh, dude that used to play in pulling teeth used to have this thing where he would get bills in the mail and if uh-huh. he didn't open them he would argue he didn't get them so he said, if i don't open them that means i didn't get them so he just would, <laughs> wouldn't open them i like that yeah then you're kind of taking the same approach with your health there man fucking yeah listen you're gonna die sooner or later it's, you're gonna die Dude, I can't argue. Everyone's got their own fucking theory on how the shit's going to work out, you know? It's just yeah, like, who, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it's definitely like, it was definitely like you said, dude, I can hear like the clock ticking and it, what was literally took 30 seconds felt like a, an entire fucking lifetime, dude. And I felt like oh violated. <laughs> I was like, this shit sucks. Just fucking get me out of here. You were defeated, walked out with your head down, the doctor laughing at you. Oh yeah, dude. Just like fucking replaying it, <laughs> laughing maniacally. But, uh, yeah, next is that the only way to do it? Like, come on, in this day and age, there's not a better way. They can't take like a a photo from the outside and. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's fucking. Uh, it's not something I can tell you that fucking. He did try to make jokes about it. It was just wow. like and like fucking try to lighten the mood, and I was just like, just fucking get it over with, man. Like, they should make a machine do it. You know, like have you in a room alone with a computer machine and a finger computer and. Just you know, yeah, nobody knows. Nothing. Yeah, you know what I mean. You push a button to get it started, and then that's it. I don't think there's any way to make it a fucking enjoyable experience, dude. That shit fucking sucks. That's definitely fucking on a top five of worst fucking things I've ever had to fucking feel. Breaking a toe, fucking getting a fucking uh, prostate exam. <laughs> it's all fucking in there, dude. It's like just shit that sucked. But that's life, man. And, you know, yeah, let's get off that subject. People, yeah, getting yeah. Off, they're getting a wrong I, idea. <laughs> Back to cold as life. We're tough. All right, Yo, cool. what's the song yeah. on, on Born to Land Hard that has like the, the feedback? And then, dude, there's two. 
it start. I mean, there's like fucking a whole bunch of them that's got it. It's like a common theme. It's like a fog that rolls in, like and my, introduces. Yeah, many my of favorite the song on, on. I just can't remember the title, and it's just so relentless. It's uh with the first. I mean, the the title. Track, the the guitar is like. And then it slows down, and then the feedback comes. Yeah. It's uh that's little from the world. It's uh oh my god, what yeah, because it starts off with that feedback and it's fucking such a unique, ominous fucking entry, you know what I mean? It's almost like a bad guy in fucking wrestling's fucking fog feedback, you know. It's like, yeah, we're yeah. here. It's like definitely making a statement. And then you think it's gone because the fucking song starts, and then when little from this world kicks in, fucking it, it creeps back in, you're like, Oh my god. And then it's like it, it pops in a lot. I've seen them live during the time between that record and declination and like even live dude it's just some they were able to channel that fucking yeah and as a guitar player yo the perfect feedback is this quest i'm always on like oh my god you ain't kidding dude and that that feedback was just so dope i could cut some that might be my favorite it's it's like some green fog shit for sure yeah there's that one song dude just like a see my beef with borderland hard that i had for many years was that it's kind of long so it's like hard to sit through the whole thing and digest the entire thing I was always yeah. like thing where it's like there's certain songs that really stick out, but it kind of would blur because it was like, you know, a pretty long record. But having it on vinyl, like having the test presses and being able to cut it in half and listen to like half at a time really gave me the appreciation of like the, the inner workings of all the songs. And uh, there's that oh, song. Oh, you're sitting all, through it really probably analyzing everything. Everything. Because also I'm listening for any like defects. So I'm really yeah. in there, right? And there's uh, that all alone song has like the sickest mosh part that just fucking randomly comes in when you're not suspecting in the fucking, ah, oh, dude, it's, it's just fucking amazing. They're I got to revisit that man. all alone. Yeah. Do that one. And uh, listen to when the surprise mosh kid, is it all alone? No, so where we are we going? Sorry. It's not all alone. All alone's a great song too, but where are we going is the one that's got, where are we going? It's got that surprise mosh part where I'm like, ah, oh, fuck dude. I get so all your people at home. Cold as life fans. Check out. Call in. Which one again? Where are we going? Let's revisit. Where are we revisit. going? Call in. <laughs> That's dope, man. Oh, yeah. That's dope. And check this out. So early on, when you were saying your first show was Madball, then you went and you mentioned, then you found stuff that was even more up your alley. And one of the bands you mentioned is Integrity, and now you are in Integrity. Yep, yep. It's uh, it's pretty How wild. How crazy is that shit? Dude, I'm a lucky guy, man. It's like, I don't have these crazy, and like I said, it all comes back to not wanting to be the top dog. I don't have these crazy apparitions of being a Metallica. I'm happy with like, you know, the, the things I've accomplished. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I play in my favorite fucking band. I play in Integrity. You know, I've made a record with Thor. I was just like, I've done like weird shit that only I would care about. <laughs> but it's just like, it's, it's cool. And fucking being in Integrity is fucking awesome, dude. It's like, I play now, all my favorite always, songs. Always known for like, as far as the hardcore scene, like the leads, they had crazy leads, really yeah. good, you know, from them early brothers, the Melnick brothers. Yep. And then you're eventually, you know, the current guy. So you got those guys to live up to, the guitar players in between to live up to. And they were all always shredders. They always you know had I mean? amazing guitar players, dude. Integrity, yep. whole fucking lineage. And the only way I could uh, leave my mark was just to do more solos on a record than all of them combined. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I was like, like it seems that it got amplified. It got revved up. The you know that that part of the band, which was to me, that was I was never into those vocals, the integrity vocals. Yeah, it's cool. Cleveland vocals, like always, they they were like kind of that vibe, and I was just like, you know, for some reason, that wasn't my style of vocals. You know, what I mean? sure, man. That's but cool. 
like the guitar playing was always like the, the feature in that band yeah. for me. And then you come and then you take like the best part of the band and it's like it's on overdrive now. It's crazy. It, thanks. It's been fun because like uh working with Dwight is 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 awesome because it's just like it's never about like you know, it's never we need to make humanity's devil part two, return of the devil, or <laughs> like systems overloading again. You know, it's like every record is like, let's just fucking do something that's we haven't done, or like, you know, let's try I got this crazy idea, let's fucking do this and see what happens. So it's always about pushing. So I feel like every fucking version of the band before I joined always would box them into like uh you know, like it always had like the that D beat and it was kind of like the same kind of rhythm. Yeah. And uh it kind of wanted to they wanted to redo the classic albums. Yeah. yeah. And to me, I'm like, if I want Humanity's the Devil, I'm gonna listen to Humanity's the Devil. I'm not gonna try to rewrite it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like so we just fucking went the other way, dude. I'm like, let's make fucking, you know, death metal songs, let's make uh dreamy fucking weird ass fucking nick cave songs let's just do whatever yeah that's what's what i liked is when they 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 had like balls to do like instru cool instrumentals and shit yeah you know? and the guys that, before me did that too fucking like, yeah totally they, were, they laid such groundwork aaron melnick and frank nevenick and even chris smith are like dudes that fucking shaped how i play guitar you know what i mean so it's just like fucking like it's an honor to fucking like kind of like hear people talk about the, my record in the same fucking regard as those records yeah. and be like you know i like that record i prefer this one it's fucking really flattering to be like just even on the same fucking stratosphere as those dudes you know it's, it's, it's cool Yo, and as a riff a riff guy i love a good riff like systems overload riff like that's pretty fucking classic riff i think that record has the best riffs like if you're gonna like actually go like pound for pound actual riffs that's a black sabbath one. riff that opening riff that's like, what that's got me that's the first integrity record I heard. And I was like, dude, this is insane. It's like black Sabbath fucking hardcore. It's like every, yeah. every song on that record, almost there's a few like ones that are just quicker hardcore ones, but like all the ones that got like the really monolithic big riffs, like fucking grace, of the unholy or fucking incarnate three sixty five or systems overload. All that shit is just fucking just yeah. Just, heavy on yeah. a riff end. Yeah. And the drums, always just kind of like lay back and just kind of push it through, you know, it's, yeah, what was the what was the album? It's like all red and it's like got big writing on it. Big writing, the red one. What the fuck is the name of that? The one? red. It's sort of in a newer, but before your time, but in a what to die for? Is that when you to die for? Yeah, to die for is a dope record, and uh, there's a couple pieces. I don't know if it was a mistake, but maybe you would know. There's like instrumental parts that are kind of like disconnected to where they should be almost. Yeah, it's a weird record. I like some of it. I mean, I like all the integrity records. Every single one of them has something that I like about it. But with that one, a couple of weird things about it is there's a couple songs, and this is some total fucking like nerd level shit, but there's a couple of songs that were on the In Cold Blood demo. So I was used to hearing that for so for so long that when i heard the integrity record i'm like I, fucking, I know this song you know oh really i didn't even know yeah. that. but uh you know it's like uh that is blaze is another fucking excellent guitar player so like you yeah know, he should stamp on that record is really fucking cool i I'm heard like, he's an expert chef too i heard he's a master chef i've eaten his pizza before it was really good <laughs> it's uh it was good pizza 10 out of 10 but uh nice guy too but um the uh yeah, that record. It, 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 I, I know what you're talking about. There's like that. Uh, that dreams bleed on. It's like kind of like a weird, like acoustic. Fucking yeah, thing. there's some cool acoustic pieces, yeah. but I feel like they should be can like they start separate and stop separate, and then come the the thing. I think they should be attached to then comes in. It's almost like the editing was something 
happen. I think back then the, the things were a little more primitive too. I don't think they can get things as seamless as they can yeah, now. Maybe, maybe that's you know? it. But uh, yeah, for me, like Blessed Majesty is like the centerpiece on that record. That's the one I, I like a lot. That's a fucking really great song. And everyone likes Taste My Sin, of course. That's a fucking cool one. They all, yeah. all of the records got cool songs, dude. You know what I mean? There's things that are like I wish were different. And shit, it's like any other thing. It's overall pound for pound. It's, and now are you like taking a break from it or like No, we have a new record that we're uh we're actually starting to get. We're gonna probably record it this year. I thought I saw something like about playing live or something. You're gonna I don't know live what's going on as far as uh I'm in a different situation right now where uh since I'm divorced and I have my kids a lot of the time, like most of the most of the time of the week, as far as like uh the way my schedule goes, it wouldn't allow me to tour anymore. So it would be something that was like a one off thing or you know, gotcha, a couple okay, days. Okay. A couple times a year, I'll do it, but it's just like you know. Otherwise, it'll be the, the same dudes. It'll just be someone else in my spot. And the integrity's always been like that, you know what I mean? It's always just been like, who can do it? When a band like lasts thirty plus years, it's seldom you're going to have the same dudes in the band. And at the same time, almost it's like, why would you want that? Because it's going to be the same thing kind of over and over again. You know, it's kind of fresh to have different people bring a different spin and, and do different things. But as yeah. far as the writing and recording goes, we're we're definitely recording a new record this year, so. It's, it's pretty cool. I think people will be stoked if they like the last one. Busy guy, but, yo. Busy guy. Yeah, I try. You know? And you get putting out anything else besides Cold as Life on the label or no? Yeah, I got... Uh, so Cold as Life is commanding the entire year. We're doing uh, Born to Land Hard, Declination, and the two LPs of the Ron demos. We're doing like the, the Breaking the Law demo and then the other demo where like he's pointing his fingers like a gun on the cover. It's uh, the one with like... Uh, Fucking, where are we going and all that shit? Fucking Dull. with a band picture. Yeah, it's fucking. We're doing that. That's gonna take up this whole. I used year. to have that on a t-shirt. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that a white act. t-shirt that was classic. But I, you should Dude, remake those shirts. Remake those it. band photos are so iconic. You know what I mean? They're fucking just the coolest looking photos. It's just like yeah, they were they were such a fucking cool band. Still are, but it's wild. But um, after that, do you ever like Dying Breed? You ever get into that band? Yeah, it's Dying Breed. Are they from like upstate New York? Yeah, from Troy. Hard. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah. Hard record, dude. We're going to do that. I'm so fucking excited. That's like one of my favorite, favorite fucking records ever. And yeah, I uh, remember them. It's never been on vinyl. And it's another thing like Cold as Life, but like, you know, it's a, obviously a much more regional phenomenon, but it's like fucking, fucking amazing, dude. It's, it's, it's like the definitive Troy Core record for me. A lot of people say Stigmata, and Stigmata fucking rules. Hymns is fucking masterpiece, but like, I always just thought Dying Breed had everything I wanted. You know what I mean? It was just like really fucking mean. And fucking yeah, they had a record. they had a dope scene back in the day. Like uh, like all their own bands, venue, like a consistent. I remember they put out a comp too, like all Troy. Yeah, bands. yeah, I remember like that Section Eight. It was Stand. Like yep. Aside from Cleveland, like the Troy scene was like something I fucking is another thing I was like an encyclopedia about for a big part of my life. I knew all the bands, dude, like Blood War and fucking Section Eight and Stigmata and fucking. I even played in Murderer's Row for a minute with Riley when uh, Murderer's Row played some shows with some Slumlords and their bass player quit like right before and I was like I'll fucking I'll learn the songs dude I learned the songs like the night before and we 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 did a little run of shows together it was pretty cool I I love all them dudes man I love all those bands too it's 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 cool but um so yeah we're doing Dying Breed and then uh, I'm gonna try to get all these fucking project bands that I've been wrangling I have a uh, the band with All Out War with Mike. We're gonna to try to record that. I'm actually gonna to try to rope Reese from Hundred Demons to drum on it. Ooh. And uh, yeah, he's on vacation now. So as soon as he gets back, I'm gonna send him the song. What's the name of the band? 
none of these bands have like defined names. Could I give? So I don't want to say anything and look stupid, and then be like, "Ain't call that no more." Even though no one would probably care, but like, could I give it a know. name? Sure. What do you want to call it? The Anal. Dis- the disgusted. <laughs> I like it. The disgusted. Come on, bro. That could be good. Yeah. Mike would, score yeah. on vocals for the disgusted. It's you know I think we're going for something that's kind of a nod to Best Wishes since that's what inspired it, but uh, you know it'll come. And then there's another band I did with Scott from Bloodlet. And it's like a, a rat. I know, I know you love this shit too. So you probably, I'll have to show you some of this. It's like rat and Dawkin fucking like a, I love rat. Great oh, vocals. Dude, Dawkin at their hardest was a force to be reckoned with. Unfortunately, they had like a lot of like poppy elements that kind of like discounted how like really dark their heavier parts were. Cause they had those parts that you're trying to, you know, yeah. get fix or be on the radio or whatever. But like, Dude, the hard parts were like fucking like Dawkins had some pretty untouchable fucking riffs, dude. And they yeah, were the they, they had dope riffs. A lot of those bands back then. Yeah, so we, I kind of was like, if I took Dawkins and Rat, but we have a uh, Scott from Bloodlet who sings like uh, Bobby from Pentagram or Ozzy, and like oh wow, that those two dope. together. Yeah, I have to send you some of it. We have like ten songs. We did we demoed a whole LP, and have the whole fucking thing demoed, and then like fucking just shit got in the way integrity got back in the front seat and like fucking that took up started taking up my time and then bloodlet's recording now so next time we're fucking in a, in a lull where we got time to do stuff hopefully we can record it because the, the songs are actually really 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 good so it's, it's pretty cool Very so yeah cool, i hope man. to release my own shit you know and just uh kind of take it from there i'm not really sure you know it's never going to be what it was as far as like 32 records a year and uh, you know there was a time where it's just crazy every band that's kind of got popular was at one time a record I did at one point and like seeing all these bands, like, you know, everything, everything that kind of went for me to relapse was, it was, it was, it's really fucking cool to see like uh, all these bands that I helped out at the start, like continue and go on to do really fucking awesome things. And uh, I just don't know if I have the fucking attention and dedication to fucking be able to do that again and be able to farm like a whole roster of like new bands and grow them into like the next, you know, where they're at. It's just, there's a lot of cool shit. I like that band Ten Ton Hammer a lot. That band is fucking really good. Where are they from? They're I think they're from Jersey. Jersey or or, or PA. They kind of sound like Machine Head, obviously. I think the name's a nod to a Machine Head song. But uh nice. I like them a lot. Um You know, I just kinda take it as it comes, man. We'll see. But uh definitely no shortage of shit to do for sure. You're a busy guy. You're a good man. Thanks, and, brother. Uh, yo, I'll let you go. I'll let you do your thing and I appreciate the talk. Yeah, it was good talking. Anything you want to add? Um <laughs> dude i'm okay i actually just fucking still thinking about fucking <laughs> never mind <laughs> what do you think about anal? think about the, the dark part of our combo man if i can you put me in a traumatic fucking spot where i keep thinking about that fucking clock ticking Damn, i'm sorry man i'm sorry <laughs> it's good listen but now you know you're healthy so you know, you know it all right at, dude. at the expense of your you know what, what would you call it your manhood you know you're healthy not even the manhood man no, the sanity I'm, I'm just fucking the, the sanity of being like Yo, this is the fucking worst shit ever. But uh That is funny. I guess one day I gotta do it. I don't know. Man, you definitely should only female doctors I would let do. <laughs> it's all good, man. Oh, fuck that. Fuck. All you right, know what? Man, though, having a guy doctor though, he would understand. You know no, what I mean? Fuck that. Nobody would just fucking in. Not a man in a building is allowed in the whole building when that's happening. They would understand. They would understand you fucking what you're going through. Yeah, telling <laughs> jokes like your guy did. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, take care. It was good talking to you. All right, you too, brother. Thank you very much. Yeah, bye bye. Peace. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you.
don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck is this you in? This is Post America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!